Hi, I'm Keen Dalton. I'm a marketing officer here at Griffith College Cork, and I'm delighted to be hosting the Griffith College Alumni Podcast, Spotlight On, this series, and I really hope that you enjoy it. In our first episode, I'm joined by Damien Minnell, a graduate of our part-time BA Honours in Business, who is now a recruiter with Amazon and a freelance career coach. He is also mentoring on the Griffith Alumni Mentoring Programme, started by Careers Liaison Officer Marion Courtney in Cork and Careers Advisor Emma Flynn in Dublin. Damien talked to me about how he got into recruiting and career coaching, his time at Griffith, and things he might have done differently, and his plans for the future. Enjoy, and let us know what you think on our social media channels. Welcome everyone to the first episode of the newest series of the uh, Griffith College Alumni Podcast, Spotlight On. So very happy, delighted to welcome Damien Manel to the podcast. He's our first guest. I'm just going to go do a quick intro and bio and we'll get into the question. So Damien is a recruiter at Amazon during the day and a freelance career coach at night. He graduated from Griffith College in 2021 with an honors degree in business. He then became a certified career coach in 2022 from the Professional Association of Resume Writers and Career Coaches. Born in France, studied in Ireland, works now in Spain. He speaks three different languages. And during his spare time, Damien enjoys reading, working out and dancing. So welcome to the podcast, Damien. How are you today? Hey, Ken. Thank you so much. Yeah, great, great. Doing good. What about you? All good now. Looking forward to to talking to you and finding out a bit more about your time at Griffith and your your work so far. So we'll go straight into it if that's okay. Where are you joining us from Spain today? Yeah, exactly in Madrid. Code Madrid today, six degrees. Uh, feel a bit similar to to my time in Ireland, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's probably a bit better, but if it's still cold, at least you're used to it from Ireland. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not a not a big change. <laughs> that's the job. So we'll go straight into it. So we'll start with your career, if that's okay with you. So. How did you get into recruitment and why did you kind of select that as a career path? What drew, drew you towards recruitment, would you think? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And interestingly enough, I didn't have this career path in mind uh, to begin with. My career path ideally was to be more in business consulting. Um, that's why actually I started the, the degree at Griffith College originally, because I wanted to get in business consulting. So it was challenging for me. So I was trying to get into um, agency recruitment, which sometimes they don't require much uh, experience before that. Um, so I was trying and had few interviews. I didn't get the job. They were saying my profile was too junior and basically the job would destroy me as per the, the world. So I was okay, maybe I don't want that for me either. Then <laughs> like okay, interesting. Um but anyway, and one day I found a position for recruitment coordinator, didn't know at all why I was never heard of this job before. And it was to work for Amazon. I decided, do you know why not anywhere? I don't like my current job. Why not try to, to go in recruitment coordination that can maybe lead into a recruiter role? Because I kind of had this interest, but not really sure about it. 
So I just got into it and I realized I loved it. I love being in touch with the, with the recruiters, with the candidates, the aspect that, and the impact that you have you know, on people's life on a daily basis, helping them and so on. So I was, actually, maybe I'll stick to it just a few, um, a few years more just to find out if I truly enjoy it. And I became a recruiter uh, one year later and I just loved it so much. And that question, all my plans basically of, going in business consulting i question okay why do i actually really want to do business consulting and i think the ideas were more about being interesting in the lifestyle because I, I was watching suits uh I, I don't know if you know the series suit i was watching that and yeah I was, harvey I was something just, exactly how respect that and i was just loving this environment and i was okay buff I'm assuming it's not the same in real life. And I was thinking it's not maybe the right reasons for anyway. And I got into, uh, into recruitment. So I was recruiting for friends, really enjoyed the, enjoyed this. Um, and yeah, that's why so far I'm still enjoying recruitment. That's how I got into it kind of by mistake, but I'm actually enjoying it so much. So yeah. Oh, brilliant. And what would your day to day look like as a, as a recruiter? Yeah, that's interesting. Cause this, it really changes, you know, as, as much as, for example, when I was recruitment coordinator, I was getting, for example, my as a recruitment coordinator, your tasks are to basically schedule the interviews and the recruit the, the recruiting events and some alongside recruiters. So you partner a lot with the recruiters and you talk a lot with candidates. So it was more like, okay, every day is kind of similar because you receive your request, you schedule it, you answer to the candidates email and so on, and that's it. However, as a recruiter now, it's really different because you're basically representing the business for the candidates so you have the stakeholder management part so my day would be okay so answering for example to the to the business the hiring managers with their requests what type of candidate do they want okay let's raise a requisition let's open a, a, a position then i need to talk with marketing how are we going to approach it how are we going to brand this position um and then i speak with the social media team as well we have a dedicated social media team about okay how are we going to um, discuss discuss it online. What presence? What what do we want to say about our position? How do we want to brand it? And there's participation to recruiting events, so it's all about organizing this. There's also a lot of reporting uh, in HR recruitment. It's crazy the number of reports that you have to do, the number of Excel pivot table, all these kind of things. I didn't know about that. I was thinking, oh wow, okay, but it's 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 good. You get used to it, I think. Um, and it's interviewing candidates, obviously. So reviewing resumes of candidates. So then you have the interviews, preparing them for interviews as well, because as recruiters, you know, we kind of are best friends with the candidates as much as, you know, maybe some people might see uh, recruiters as, um, okay, interested uh, people, you know, like they just need to fill position. But in corporate recruitment, we don't have that. Even if I fill the position with a candidate or not in a certain amount of time, my salary stays the same. You know, it's not agency recru recruiting. So yeah. I stay the same. So that's why basically I prepare candidates um, after. So I stick with them. And yeah, that's basically what I do. And if I don't do that, I will then work on projects, um, improving our ways of recruiting, asking candidates, okay, how was your experience? What can we do better? And this kind of thing. So yeah. And you mentioned there talk like you have to be close with the candidates, almost best friends. What would make a candidate, because a lot of the people listening to this podcast might be current students and they might be thinking about their time after Griffith. What would make a candidate stand out for you as a as a recruiter? Yeah, that's that's a that's a very good question. What makes me stand out when I see a, what what makes a candidate stand out, I mean, is when they are um being honest, you know, in interviews, for example, if they don't know an answer. And they tell me, 
look, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for this, but I'm willing to to learn on how can I improve myself on how to do it. And I had candidates telling me this in interview, for example, and it's, wow, okay. And they're literally telling me, okay, help me do something with me. And they're showing also that they are coachable, which is something that we look for, especially in graduates profile, um, because we know when we interview graduates that they don't have so much experience. So when we ask questions, for example, about tell me about a time when you had a difficult interaction with a customer, for example, mm-hmm. um, we know that not most of the, the graduates will have an answer for that because maybe they never had an experience with a customer before. But sometimes you will find some students or graduates trying to come up with an answer and the answer is not a good quality of answer because it was either made up, it was just made on, I don't know, maybe an internship that they have of two weeks when they were in high school or something like that. So it's too far, too far gone. Um, so it's all about honesty, sharing with the recruiter, being honest with the recruiter, especially the recruiter, because when you're in a recruitment process, ask anything to a recruiter. because Even if it's something that, you want to know more, maybe the salary. So so many people I, I hear, they always say, yeah, I don't want to say about the salary because I don't want them to think I'm obsessed with the salary. Obviously, you don't want to start and be like, what's the salary first question? But yeah. you want to bring that up at some point because you don't want to waste your time and waste the, the interviewer's time either. So you don't want to wait for the end of the recruitment process. So if you... if. For me, what stands out in a in a candidate is not much, for example, a good design, branded resume, and so on. No, because we see them all the time. Uh, nice branded resume. There's a lot, especially you know at companies like Amazon. There's a lot of people applying to this position. But what I like to see in candidates is just honesty. If you don't have the answer, just say it. Say I don't know, but I would love to learn more about it. Can you tell me more about it? Yeah. Uh, for example, if I ask you. Um, tell me about the time you had a difficult interaction with the customer. What was it? You tell me, actually, I don't have an answer for that, but why is it important for me to have this uh, answer for the position? Ask the recruiter back, you know, it's, and then they will tell you, oh, actually, it's important because um, uh, dealing with customers is, is super important. And then you can be like, oh, but actually, I had an experience uh, when I did an, uh, an internship and I was dealing with customers. Or you could say I was working in my mother's shop or my grandma's shop and I was dealing with customers. Maybe it's not on your resume because you didn't think it was relevant, but maybe it would come down to it in the interview. Oh, brilliant. And so that's your, your nine to five is the recruiting. And then you started career coaching on the site. Yeah. Um, what drew you to kind of start that what inspired you to become a career coach yeah so i never imagined i would be a career coach and for me <clears throat> i didn't even know the the profession before it's in 2021 we had amazon career day and i led throughout two days around between 30 and 40 career sessions so they were basically for outside of amazon so anyone basically who wanted to sign up to those were welcomed and it was 15 minutes career coaching session and I met 30, around 30 or 40 people. I cannot remember exactly. But basically, it was everyone coming from different backgrounds, coming up with different questions. Some people were more around their resume, some people around their interview. And I realized that there's actually some knowledge that I gained from recruitment that some people don't have. And I don't really realize it because, you know, when you work, you always work maybe with my colleagues who are also recruiters. They know what 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 I'm talking about all the time. And you don't think that there's some knowledge that some people just don't have. And when I was doing these career coaching sessions, I was thinking, oh, actually there's 
there's there's a lot of people who need this, you know, like, and I actually connected with a lot of them after later on on LinkedIn to keep helping them with their resume, with, uh, for example, there was a military guy, he wanted to come in corporate world and I helped him land a job in corporate world um, by helping him with his resume, working with him after through LinkedIn and so on. And I realized that, oh, I actually really enjoy this part. And what I love the most about the recruiter role is when I interview candidates and when I make the offer of candidate. Because when I interview candidates, sometimes I will be telling them, are you sure this is the position you want to go for? Because I will sense it. And then I will redirect them. Actually, there's maybe another position that is best for you and so on. That's my favorite part. And also, obviously, when you make the offer to the candidate, you know, you see the impact you have directly on people's life. It's, it's just rewarding, I think. And that's why I look as a career coach because... It's basically only this part. As a recruiter, you have multiple other parts, but as a career coach, you focus on, okay, the development of people. How can you develop people, for example, and help people bring my knowledge to them and be like, okay, it's okay to be lost. You know, some people, they, they think, okay, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I'm worthless and so on. And it's okay. There's so many people that just don't know what to do, but like there's people who have the knowledge, the method, and that's what I learned actually in the certification. That's why I did the certification because as much as I had recruiting knowledge, I didn't have career coaching knowledge, which is super different. And that's why I did my certification to gain this knowledge. And when someone comes to you and say, I don't know what to do, well, there, there are ways to know what to do and how to do it as well. So that's why I want to help um, to know most people as I can and that's something I, I, I don't want anyone yeah. to, to feel stuck like this so yeah and you're on the Griffith the new Griffith mentor program as well and I read in your your newsletter that you yourself have a career coach or a mentor um, yeah. how, how important do you think it is to have a mentor as a career coach and then the importance of you know um, should everyone have a career coach or a mentor do you think yeah, I, re- I really think maybe not career coach necessarily or coach, maybe not, but a mentor, I think it's super important. I used to overlook it and not bring too much attention to it up to last year um, because I, I really wanted to develop some of my skills. There were leadership skills that I wanted to develop at work and I didn't know how to do it. And basically, I spoke about it to my manager and she directed me to a recruiting manager uh, within Amazon to that basically had a very similar experience to me. She started as a recruitment coordinator the way I did, and now she's a recruiting manager. It really, it's super helpful because it's not only helping on leadership skills, but she helped me, for example, I, I gave an example in the newsletter around promotion. I felt super stuck in my job. I wasn't getting the promotion that I wanted to. And she literally helped me to understand that, okay, it's not something I have 100% control over. And there's so many things in your career that you won't have 100% control over. And it's okay. And how do you go about it? Well, then you do stuff that you like um, and you see things in a different way. And that's what a mentor is here for, is to bring a different view on things that you wouldn't uh, maybe see. And that's why I think it's very powerful because it's like, it's, it's the you in next year, basically, if that makes sense. That's the ideal mentor that you, that you wanted. Someone who is maybe one or two steps ahead of you and you want to have their, their view because she was telling me my mentor, I know exactly what, how you're feeling and what you, what you're going through. And that's what she, she shared from her experience. Um, okay. I felt the same way about the promotion. But in fact, this is how you should be seeing the promotion that it's not under you and that you should be 
um, implementing new projects and processes that you enjoy and not just implementing projects just to tick boxes that you think will bring you to the next level. And I think with that help, maybe I would have been close to quitting my job because I felt, you know, you, you feel like you're not valued enough in your job. You feel like it's, it's passing through a, um, a promotion and not getting rewarded on the, the way you should be. But when you take a different approach, which is a mentor um, goal to basically bring a different view, um, it's really helpful. And that's why actually I was inspired to do mentorship myself. So I'm actually doing mentor program with French schools and universities. So I, I mentored two students um, from French universities and I started indeed with the mentorship program uh, at mm. Griffith. I was so happy to see it because yeah, I know how powerful it is. And I think the earlier you get a mentor, the more impact that you get out from it. Brilliant. That's true. You're a busy man. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we try to. We try to. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go we'll go back a few years to when you were studying at Griffith. You did the BA in business. Did you do it part-time or full-time? Part-time, yeah, yeah. Part I was working uh, I was working full-time during the day. So yeah. And what drew you to the the BA honors in business at Griffith College? What kind of what made you come to Cork as well? Yeah, so that's that's a good question. So originally, I didn't come to study. Originally, I came to uh, learn more about English, uh, improve my, my my English level, which uh, really helped me. So I stayed five years instead of one year. But, um, so I came actually to work to start working at Apple. One of my friends was already working in Apple, and he referred me there. Um, and I was nineteen. I was kind of not lost but I didn't really know what to do next so I, was, I might as well go to Ireland it sounds exciting there's my friend there they speak English so that, that, that might be that might be fun and I went there I thought I had a good level of English until I arrived in the taxi and I asked to go to the address of my friend I didn't understand a thing of what the taxi driver told me so I had to call my friend give him <laughs> okay can you say something oh, so, yeah that was I was not co- coming with a with a uh, that was a humbling experience, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, and then one year later, I was actually, you know, I really love Ireland. It's it's just so, so amazing. The people I really like. One of the reasons why I kind of wanted to go a bit away from France um, was just my own preferences in terms of, uh, you know, the, 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 the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes in France, the mentality are a bit diff- different, which I didn't find uh, in Ireland. You know, in Ireland, people welcome me uh, with wide open arms. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. So I said, okay, do you know what? I'm going to stay here. But my goal was also to continue my studies in France, but I didn't want to go back to France. So I said, okay, I'm going to start here. And I started to look for um, colleges and I was talking with my friends, but I didn't know really which one to go to. And one of my friends recommended me Griffith College. Uh, that's that's a, a place where she, she's been and she told me it's, it's amazing. And I was looking for a um, bachelor's degree in business because back then I knew I wanted to get into business consulting. Um, and when I was looking at the other colleges, I was thinking, okay, First of all, they're too far from my place. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Griffith College, the, um, the the reputation that I felt they had from my friends to not telling me about it and not telling me about other colleges. So I thought, okay, that's actually the right the right place for me to go. And that's why I started there. And uh, funny, funnily enough, I almost didn't get in because of my English, because there was a test. <laughs> there was a test at the beginning, but I just passed it, but very 
very close to, to not pass it, I remember. I cannot remember exactly what was the minimum, but I think it was maybe 60, and I think I had 62 or 61, something yeah. like that. Is that the I Oxford remember. English test? The... Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. And I remember I watching it, I was like, oh my goodness, so lucky. And at the end, I graduated with a first-class honor, so I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and you studied in English, through English, a different language. Tell me a bit about that. That that must have been one of your biggest, is that one of your biggest challenges to date, do you think? It was, yeah, it was, to be honest, because I remember so, some days I was thinking, what the hell am I doing? Because <laughs> I, I had some assignments and I needed to write stuff. And I was like, oh my God, how, how am I going to do this? Because when, for example, we were in class, I remember in first year, I remember I was the only guy from France and there was uh, one girl from Spain and one girl from Brazil. The rest were from uh, Ireland. The way they were exchanging with the lecturer was, oh my God, I don't understand anything. And sometimes they were making jokes. I remember that. That's funny. They were making jokes and I didn't understand the jokes, but I was laughing. <laughs> so I was, oh my God, okay. Like, I know, oh my God, yes, that's so funny. And I was like, I didn't understand a thing. <laughs> so that was, that was challenging, but I was still able to understand the lecturer because yeah. I feel like they are prepared to deal with international students. So there's no lecture that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more the discussion, you know, between students and when a student will ask a question to the lecturer, maybe I will miss some details, but it's the, the, the course themselves, I never missed anything or I was always happy to ask questions afterwards and they were happy to answer about it. But it's more when I, for example, I saw my assignment, the topic, and I had to write, you know, 2000 words on these kind of things. And I was like, wow, okay, I don't know what to say. I kept going, I kept doing it. And actually at the end, I, I realized that my writing skills my, and my understanding overall really changed. And in the last year, I remember I kept all my assignment from the first year and I was going through my first year assignment and I was like, oh my goodness, okay. So you can definitely tell you know, the difference um, in between. In the third year, I was able to understand every jokes in the class or anything. Right. So there's, there's a big progression. I think at the beginning it's challenging. Um, you feel like, Maybe I, f I felt sometimes that, oh my God, did I cheat on something at the test? I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. But actually, yes, you, it, it, it's showing you just need to trust the process. Um, and at the end, now it actually helps me so much because I work now in, in English, connecting with people um, with different backgrounds as well. It's more helpful. I have better English that I, I gained in my time at Griffith and also my writing skills. They help me so much now at work when I have to write papers, documents, or important emails mail to high executive and so on so it's really helpful she's fair play that was i I couldn't imagine i work at the reception desk uh here as well and me and the lady i work with sometimes talk about that how i have so much respect for someone going and studying in a different language let alone moving to another country where it's not your first language so fair play that's absolutely yeah. amazing it's yeah honestly to those who, who are doing that because yeah i know what, what it's like and yeah, so it's already not easy, I guess, to study some of the of the topics, but when when it comes down to another language, yeah, it's it's kind of changing, but it's it's yeah. really rewarding at the end because now I get to to work in English um during during my my career and it's really helpful. If I didn't have English, I wouldn't be able to do the job I'm doing now anyway. So yeah, that's and do you think if you came back now, would you be able to understand the Cork taxi drivers? How would you How would you feel about that? Yeah, yeah, I, I I miss it. Yeah, with my colleagues, you know, they taught me some of the expression like "What's the crack?" and this yeah. kind of, "The crack is mighty." This kind of thing. <laughs> <That's pretty. laughs> um, so uh, you you know you spent three years in Griffith. Is there any 
anything you would have done differently during your time at Griffith, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I would have connected more with people. I, th- I, f- I feel like something I didn't do is connecting more with people, getting really uh, connecting, for example, on, on LinkedIn, getting to speak a bit more with them and so on. Because I don't know as a day student, but as a part-time student, sometimes um, you feel like we're all working during the day, right? And after you go to college. So you're kind of feeling tired about the day. And when you're done with college, you want to go home. Mm-hmm. But something I would have liked to to be doing is, for example, meet my my classmate, you know, for, I don't know, for coffee or these kind of things, for, for beers, uh, a hub house, for example, we're talking about hub house. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, connecting more with people because now that I... I'm, you know, in the in the workforce and especially in recruitment. I know and I see the importance of networking. Mm-hmm. Having a network, there's a saying uh, that says your network is on is your net worth, um, and I found it to be so true because so many people, for example, that I will recruit, they will be hired because of referral, um, and someone know them, or and it helps so much. There there was some studies that were done, and you have sixty percent more chance. Um, of getting hired as a referral than if you're not referred. And 85% um, in 2022, 85% of the people who were hired were hired from referral. That's actually blowing my mind because it means that the way we are thinking of approaching, for example, to land a job and so on is about Googling, going on Indeed or LinkedIn, whatever, and looking for job and clicking apply button. This doesn't work anymore. Um, now what works is going on LinkedIn, looking for the job title that you want to have. For example, if I'm looking for recruiter, then I will type recruiter manager on LinkedIn and I will connect with all those people and be like, oh, okay, can we connect? I'm looking for a recruiter. Well, do, you, do you have anything in your team and so on? That's the way to go now. And that's why I think when I was at Griffith, I didn't do it enough. Um, even the alumni, uh, alumni um, uh, project, I didn't really go through uh, you know, the list, but it's something I kind of regret because I feel like it's um, maybe it would um, increase the, the number of people that I know in certain uh, in certain industries, mm-hmm. which is important, you know, having, having a, a wider network. So yeah, I think that's maybe what I would change. Because I I know now and I see the importance of it. So yeah. Wow, that's that's really good advice. Uh, something that I I I thinking about myself as well, um, in the last number of years. So networking is really a, a massive part now, isn't it, of of business and life in general, I suppose. Yeah, and especially now with the way you know with uh, with the internet, social media, and so on, I feel like it's even more because you know people tend to say that because of social media we are less connected. I don't know. That's another uh, that's another debate, but we're also more connected in some kind of ways because the way I'm being connected. For example, I spoke last week with a career coach that is based in Taiwan. And that's thanks to social media because it's yeah. on, he found me on LinkedIn and we had a call. He's based in Taiwan. So we were talking about, okay, how is career coaching in Europe? How is it in Asia and so on? So that's that's how we approach it. And that's how, you know, I gained my knowledge uh, differently because I was able to learn more about career coaching in Asia. What are the differences? What are the strengths in Europe and so on? So it's all about networking doesn't have to be a you ask someone for something or you you ask them to get a position and so networking is just hey how are you i see that i, I or i like your past experience can we connect that's it 
you have someone else in your network. That's yep. that's it's it's made so easy now general networking. You don't have to go to big events having to have a, a printed card with your number or yeah. anything, whatever. You don't have to do that anymore. Everything is made easier, I guess, with with LinkedIn. So I think that's helpful. And uh, would you recommend Griffith College to to uh, prospective students, international, Irish, uh, any student? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. And actually, I had I had a, a friend of mine who was looking to study in Ireland, and I definitely recommend Griffith straight away, because first, first off, the lecturers, the lecturers were super helpful to me. Um, I had so much support, uh, and they were super understanding. That you know, as an internal student, students, there's some, obviously, some things that you won't understand the same way. And for example, now that I'm in the workforce, sometimes I was dealing with teams that are UK based and you realize that they have some jokes or some reference that are only UK based, for example. But at Griffith, I never felt that from the lecturer that obviously when you are in a country, you have some reference mm-hmm. in the country or you have some cultural things that are only country based. But I never felt that. Or when there was obviously facts that were based, you know, only in Ireland and so on, they would explain that to me because I wouldn't understand the facts and everyone is so supportive and what I love as well is the classes are not um you know full of 50 people I remember during my time uh in my in my bachelor's I think we are around 10 and 15 in the part-time program yeah which makes a big difference uh because you really feel like you're a student you know you're not just a, a, a number of students who pays the fee and that's all end of the day no, we support you they really help to see you progress and yeah with, without the lecturers actually maybe i would have dropped out at some point because uh yeah i sometimes you know you can be feel lost but yeah. i had full support of the of the of the i remember Shined as well checking on me but also the, the lecturers as well so yeah oh should it is Everyone knows Sinead. She's fantastic. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so impressed because since the first day I knew her and during the time, I'm like, how do you find time to check on me? I'm a student, so how do you find time? But yeah, it's, it's amazing, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. It's good to hear a, a good experience and it can be tough studying part-time while you're working is also fair yeah. play. So um, what about the future? So I, I know that you mentioned on, on, you know, your LinkedIn is fantastic. It's, uh, it's yeah, I was looking through it. I, I told you that the other day when I messaged you, I was doing a bit of study. So just if, yeah, I, if you yeah. see me popping up. But one of the things you say on it is, uh, my mission is to make the world a happier place by removing barriers to a fulfilled career. Is that part of your future? Do you, do you see yourself um, implementing that in your future career and in general? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And yeah, I can, I can tell you, you, you did your homework. <laughs> um, it's about, I saw the impact that it, it has on people's life. You know, my parents didn't do jobs that they liked and I saw the impact it had, you know, physically. For example, my dad was always saying, yeah, my back hurts and so on. So he had to stop working at an earlier age. My mother, I saw the impact her work had on her mental health. And I said to myself, I'll never do that to myself and I did that you know when I was in Apple so I, yeah. I it's like you feel sometimes you you feel trapped in this and the fact is that I see it in other people a lot and I want to help as many people as I can um, changing that because I know how your professional career will impact other aspects in your life you know they will impact your relationship with your with people around you your personal life how you see yourself your confidence level so many aspects of your life so i think that's an important factor to work on so my plan for the future first of all i'm gonna stay stick for a few years still in recruitment i'm giving myself maybe three to five years 
because I'm still learning a lot from it, uh, from recruitment. And I think they're, they're uh, intim intimately connected with career coaching. So that's why I stick to it right now. But my plan is indeed to quit the corporate world and stick um, to do career coaching and help as many people as I can on, on my way. Brilliant stuff. Um, so we're nearly finished. Don't worry. We just have some quick fire questions to, to round off. So there's some serious ones, some not so serious ones. So don't, <laughs> okay. don't worry about it. Um, so we're going to start with what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the best piece of advice I received was from my previous housemate, actually, uh, in, in in Ireland. And it's about the way we see people uh, caring um, about us. So sometimes we think people care as much about the actions that we do or who we are as much as we do. Meaning that, for example, uh, so if I can give you a, give you an example. So it was when I was um, still uh, uh, in the closet and I was really struggling with this. And I was thinking and I was and I spoke about it to my housemate because she knew um, that I, I was gay. But I, I never said to anyone before. And I was saying, OK, it's because um, I'm, I'm scared about the judgment of people and so on. And then she gave me an example about when, for example, you're in college. And if you fail an assignment and even your best friend, they fail the assignment, but you don't fail it. Let's say, okay, you get 75 and your best friend gets uh, um, 35, for example, if I, you will feel affected for them. You will feel sorry for them, but you won't feel as affected as if it was you who actually failed the test. Mm -hmm. And it's about not thinking that people care as much as you do about your action as, as much as, um, as you do. And that's, that really helped me because I saw the, the world in a different way. Um, being, and it was so accepting myself and I stopped hiding this. Uh, but also in my career, it really helped me as well. I stopped caring too much about how people will see me being myself, you know, at work, being yeah. uh, happy or easygoing and so on. In my head, I was thinking, okay, people want to see someone, you know, strict, looking down or, you know, just doing things their own way. And that's not who I am, and I don't want uh -huh. to be like that. So now I'm uh, I'm super happy to to be myself uh, at work, outside of work, and that's being translated. But that I care obviously about what people think, but I don't care as much. Like you have to care about it, but in a healthy way. Brilliant, that's fantastic. Um, what advice would you give to a recent graduate that was entering the job market? The the main thing to think about is okay, if you are a graduate. You started your uh, your program maybe three years ago or five years ago, and maybe sometimes you will feel actually maybe I'm not the same as it was five years ago or three years ago, and maybe you realize that maybe either you don't like it anymore or you discover that maybe it's not the right path that you that you want to take, or maybe you're just doubting about it. You're not hundred percent sure. My advice would be just try things uh, at this uh, when you know we just graduated. It's all about trying new things. There's so many, so many ways to recover, especially when we're starting, starting you know, in, in, in our career. There's always things to work around. Um, if you get hired, for example, I got hired at Apple as a technical advisor. I never expected that I would be a recruiter uh, at Amazon a few, few years later. You know, it, And um, studies show that people have, on average, 12 different careers in their life. 12 different that's actually crazy i think that's that's insane because when yeah. you think about it it's like i have two so i still have 10 12 i'm already, 10 more. Tired, I'm already tired just thinking about it <laughs> uh, how would you describe griffith college in three words 
Um, so in three words, I would say diverse, uh, because yeah, of the diversity of the of the type of profile that we have uh, in the class, the background that we have, uh, the, the the lecturers as well, you know, being from the diverse backgrounds, I would say diverse mm -hmm. first of all. Another word. Oh, can I? Can, I can't remember where. where it's say. tough. It's tough. Three words on the spot is tough. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hmm. I'd say friendly, friendly, definitely friendly because the approach of the lecturer has always been done in a friendly, friendly way. Um, and never, for example, something that shocked me, it's that I was calling the lecturer by their first name. In France, I would never do that. In France, if you do that, that they, they actually kick you out. I got kicked out in high school of, of a class because I called the lecturer by his first name. So, like, yeah. <laughs> so friendly, definitely. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if everyone does that in Ireland. But yeah, it's something that I found super, super interesting. Uh, friendly and um, experimental. I would say experimental because it's all about, you know, you're trying new things, trying to discover. So for example, I was trying new um, topics uh, in the in, in my time. There are some classes that I didn't know if I would like it, but I had the chance to try different uh, classes. For example, I know there was organizational behavior, and, but you could also try um, uh, e-marketing. Uh, so you have the chance to experiment different things. And if you don't, if you realize that you don't like it, you can always come back to the two-way doors decision uh, as we were talking about the curve, but you have it also in Griffith. Um, so yeah, I think experimental is, uh, is another one. That's so, a good mix of words. Yeah, diverse, friendly, experimental. experimental yeah. I like it. That'll go, that's going on the website. Just letting okay. you know. <laughs> um, so these are a bit more. Uh, so what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie, The Green Line. I don't know if, you, if you've watched it, but I don't know. I, I remember watching it when I think I was maybe nine or ten, and I was crying. It's the first movie I cried in front of, and every time I watch it, I I, I cry a bit because ah, it's it's so, so so powerful and a beautiful movie, you know, about like um um uh, judgment of people and how you perceive yeah. you perceive people as well. So I think it's a great lesson, and yeah, we really love this this movie. And a favorite book. Yeah, favorite book is Compelling People. Recent book, actually, that I read, I read it uh, end of last year, I think. It's about how you deal with people. Because they're basically explaining that we we have our personality, we have our strength and so on, but you have to discover the balance between, okay, for example, in the corporate world, we all know how important it is to deal with people. But even in any world, you know, in the corporate world, there's studies that show that it's not so much about the skills that you have on the job it's also about how you deal with people because for example for promotion you rely a lot on the feedback from some from people and it's a lot about the people skills people skills is a, is a big factor so this book is super important about okay how do you balance on how to act with different type of people on how to react finding the right balance not being for sometimes you have to be firm sometimes you have to be friendly but you don't be sometimes too friendly or too firm. So it's all about this. And this book is really powerful because I was myself you know, struggling with being too friendly. Sometimes I know at work I was being like too friendly most of the time and it might be, appear as lack of professionalism in some conditions. So oh, yeah, yeah. I I work on, on that and this book is really helpful to find the balance um, and learning more about, okay, what are your core skills? Are you too friendly or are you too firm? And how can you basically walk on the other side of the balance. Uh, what is your favorite exercise in the gym? My my favorite what, sorry? Your favorite exercise in the gym. 
Ah, the bench press. <laughs> nice. of, of course, yeah, the, the bench press. Um, I hate the squats. I hate the squats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the bench press is, is my favorite. What about you? Uh, the I like the dead uh, deadlift, the trap bar deadlift. Yeah, yes, yes I love that. Good squats. I don't like training legs, but the deadlift is okay. That's it's not too. Yeah, bad. exactly. Yeah, I hate doing legs as well. It's uh, <laughs> it's the it's the worst day. But yeah, deadlift is is always a, and, and I think it's when you add weight because I feel like with the deadlift you you can kind of add weight, so it's like it's a good ego boost as well. <laughs> Definitely, that's why I do it. That's <laughs> I do it in the middle of the gym floor just to show everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And hey, people look at me, I'm about to deadlift. <laughs> <laughs> and final question. Um, so you mentioned in the bio reading, working out, and dancing. So what type of dancing are we talking? Is it dancing in the club or are you dancing with a, a dance troupe or what yeah. type of dancing? So I do dance a lot in clubs, but I, I started to take uh, classes, dance classes now. Uh, so every weekend. So I do, it's between commercial and hip hop uh, kind of classes, yeah. just because I've always wanted to do it actually, but never really find, find the will or the, the time to do it, I think. But ever since I was, a, I was a kid, I always loved to dance, never really did it. And I was like, do you know what? I actually want to do it. So let's just do it. Why not? So Brilliant. So that's it from me, Dan. Thanks so much for joining me here today on the first episode of the uh, newest series of the Griffith College podcast. I hope you had a good time. Was that, was that okay? Yeah, I did. I did. Yes, some some very interesting questions. Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you for, for your time. Really, really appreciate that. No problem. Thank you for, for joining us. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Is there any project you have coming up? Or Yeah, I'm happy happy with today's uh, today's call. So still working, you know, on my side. Um, so I'm working actually on doing some group uh, group career coaching sessions at work now. Uh, so that's what I'm working on. Um, on my LinkedIn also, I shared, you know, many uh, many tips about career coaching in general about how to navigate your career resume tips interviewing tips and so on so i try to share uh, many content and articles as well because i do a lot of research on the topic so if anyone wants to connect with me any anytime that's absolutely fine and if anyone needs anything as a griffith uh, college uh, alumni and fellow philo students don't hesitate to reach out to me um so yeah brilliant stuff thanks so much david of course thank you so much Ken. see ya <laughs>